Thanks for joining me for this week's episode. You're listening to the Sandoval Bench Podcast. Uh, for this week, I wanted to get into uh, NFL Week 1, do a little recap there, uh, some college football news, and then also, I think that was about it. There's a lot of that stuff. So, so starting with NFL Week 1 recap, uh, we had a lot of games, a lot of good games. Monday Night Football was good in particular, uh, a lot of turnovers there. And a lot of chances that the Ravens had to win, and the Raiders as well. Raiders ended up winning in overtime. Uh, 49ers won, uh, dominated the Detroit Lions for the most part, uh, but kind of let them back into the game uh, into the fourth quarter, and then they had a chance uh, chance to tie the game uh, with an onside kick if they had recovered. Uh, Raheem Mozart, the starting running back for the 49ers, he got injured again. He was in there for like two plays, and now he's getting season-ending surgery. And so now he's out. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, though, filled in nicely over 100 yards for a touchdown. Um, So for fantasy football players, uh, you already probably put in your waiver claims, and they either went through or got denied. But uh, that's a good pickup because I expect him to carry the bulk of the the carries, you know, have most of the carries for the rest of the season. And Trey Sermon, he was inactive the first game. I expect him back this next game. I don't know. And then Brandon Ayuk didn't play at all. So I don't know. The 49ers are kind of a tough team to assess when it comes to fantasy football outside of George Kittle because, you know, he's going to get his t- his, uh, his targets and his receptions. Uh, but the 49ers as a whole, though, they look good. Jimmy Garoppolo looked great. Uh, he was consistent. Uh, didn't have a lot of, didn't have any turnovers. Had a couple touchdowns, over 300 yards. Debo Samuel looked great. George Kittle was there too. The running game looked good um, after Mozart got injured. Um, but Trey Lance came in for a touchdown. Touchdown passes, first touchdown. And you know the the professionalism that Jimmy Garoppolo is showing is uh, it's great to see. You know, he, he's all in on, you know, it seems like it, in, um, you know, teaching Trey Lance what he needs to know and, and just being a good leader for the 49ers. Um, I will touch on Aaron Rodgers. I guess I could do that now. Um, so the Packers and the Saints, you know, I thought that was going to be a good matchup. The Saints demolished the Packers 38-3. to Aaron Rodgers had one of the worst starts of his career, two interceptions, just 133 yards passing Jameis Winston looked like an MVP five touchdown passes looked great in that offense um you know airing it out no turnovers just looked fantastic you'll have to excuse my neighbor's children they are crying very loudly outside my window and I have everything closed so you might hear that in the background I'm not doing anything I don't know what's going on or why they're crying but that's what's happening uh but to me it looked like Aaron Rodgers he just didn't look in it. He looked like he still wanted to just hang out in Hawaii, have some mimosas with uh, with Miles Teller, just kick it. He has a he has a man bun. He just looks like he doesn't want to play anymore. And um, I don't like overreacting over the the first game of the season, but I'm gonna overreact. If I'm the Green Bay Packers, I'm calling the uh, the Broncos right now, and I'm just I'm just calling it. I'm like, you know what? We try to bring him back for another year and then do do right by him and all this. But screw him, man. You don't need to do right by him. He already wants to be out. So just fucking trade him to Denver. Get rid of him. Put Jordan Love in there. 
the Packers looked absolutely pathetic. The Saints are the ones who had to be rehoned basically and play in Jacksonville and, you know, have to uproot themselves while the hurricane, you know, hit uh, New Orleans. So, you know, there's no excuse for the Packers to just get completely blown out. And Aaron Rodgers, who's notoriously taking care of the ball, I think he had seven interceptions or something last year, and he already has two. No touchdown passes, forcing throws, just doesn't look in it. Maybe the players, you know, his teammates are just not really in it, not really with him like that because of what he did to him. Kind of held everyone out to dry there in the offseason. I get he has his beef, whatever, with the GM, but, like, that's between you guys. Like, show up to play. You want to be a leader, be a leader, show up. First thing I would do, though, is shave the man bun. Just get get a fade, shave your head. You know, look like you're football ready. Don't look like you're just trying to hang out on the beach somewhere. And I don't know, it's just driving me crazy. And then, you know, you're I'm watching Fox, you know, the football, whatever game they had on, and they keep hyping up this interview with him and uh and uh what's her name? Uh, what's the reporter's name? Aaron Andrews. They keep hyping up this interview. Oh yeah, like what he's gonna talk about? You know what he was mad about in the off season. It's like don't we all already know what Aaron Rodgers was mad about? Like why do we need to rehash this and like talk about it again and just like let's just move on and Aaron Rodgers needs to move on he should not have done this stupid interview I just saw clips of it I'm like I can't I can't watch this like stop doing the media tour Aaron Rodgers no one cares I don't think anyone really wants to hear what you have to say just fucking shave your head first of all get rid of the man butt and just play football man just be just buy into everything you know buy into Matt LaFleur's offense just try to get past the NFC championship game it seems like the teammates are kind of tired of his crap um you know and that just shows right there they you know they brought in Jordan Love at the end of the game uh Aaron Rodgers wasn't benched but the game was kind of out of reach uh but yeah if I'm the Packers I would just get I would get rid of uh, Aaron Rodgers as soon as possible just call it quits you know I expect them to kind of overcome this because there's not really a, a preseason anymore and there was no offseason program where Aaron Rodgers showed up I guess he showed up later but but still you know even if the offense starts clicking and they win a few games here and there, you know, on Monday night they play the Lions, which they'll win for sure. So they could win six in a row or whatever. You know, they can still make the playoffs. But I don't know. This is just a really bad start. Because what if they if what if they don't win, you know, six straight games or something and they, and you know, they start off three and three or something, you know? Like, what do you do then? Do you move Aaron Rodgers before the deadline? Or do you just say, hey, we made a mistake. Let's just keep him this year. I think you should have just let him either let him retire, trade him, just figure out a way to get out of that. But I think it's because Jordan Love, they didn't feel like Jordan Love was fully ready. Because if they did, they would have moved on from Aaron Rodgers. So I think it's more about probably more about uh, Jordan Love than it is about Aaron Rodgers. But um, yeah, not ideal to start the season that way. Just did not look good at all. But the Saints look great. Uh, Jameis looks like an MVP. His odds before the game were like plus 3,500, and I was thinking about taking a flyer on him, making a bet on him to win the MVP, uh, but then I didn't. And then he threw for five touchdowns, and now he's at a plus 2,500. Uh, Matthew Stafford is second at plus 800. He just dominated against the Bears. He looked great, had a uh, nearly a perfect passer rating, I believe. Him and Cooper Cup look like they have a strong connection already. Cooper Cup's going to have a big year, I'm telling you. Uh, he had 10 targets, 7 receptions, over 100 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, there was one, I think, that was getting called back, but it was a big play. 
Uh, they're just getting big, big opportunities there, big chunk plays for 35, 75 yards. Um, I think Cooper Cup's going to have 1,500 yards receiving this season. Uh, he's going to have a huge year, 120 receptions. Um, yeah, they're going to air it out a lot. Their running game struggled a little bit, but um, you know it is a Bears defense. They're a little bit better than people give them credit for. Uh, their cornerbacks of that back end of that defense isn't that good, though. Um, so I want to see the Rams against uh, tougher competition. But uh, Stafford moving up the MVP charts already. I know it's uh, just the end of week one, and we're already talking about MVP. But um, I just think it's going to be that impactful uh, for him to be with the Rams this season, and it's going to take them to that next level. Uh, the Thursday night game between the Cowboys and the Buccaneers, the opening night. You know, I had a lot of question marks about uh, the Cowboys and Dak Prescott and uh, the offensive line with the loss of Zach Martin. I think I said that the the only thing that I I, I think they're going to struggle with is a running game without Zach Martin. I think they'll be fine in the passing game. Man, did they air it out? You know, I think they threw for sixty one. They had sixty one attempts. Dak Prescott did. You know, he looked great. He looked quick. You know, had a strong arm. Um, those receivers are are deadly. That offense looks really good. Uh, defense is still struggling a little bit. It looks better than last season, though. Uh, you know, just because that that Tampa Bay offense is so dynamic. Um, you know, that receiving core, you got Gronk and Antonio Brown and, um, you know, uh, Mike Evans and um, what's the other dude's name? Uh, Godwin. Godwin's good, too. Uh, but, yeah, the Cowboys, you know, they looked really good. You know, besides Ezekiel Elliott, he had – I think he had under like 35 yards or something. He just did not look good at all. He seems to me, he looks like he's gained weight. You know, the last couple of years, he's gained a lot of weight. He needs to go clean cut. He needs to just cut his hair, start fresh, shave the beard, just transform yourself, you know, start working out again. Uh, but Dak Prescott over 400 yards, three touchdowns at one interception. You know, he had uh, C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper over 100 yards, uh, three touchdowns between them. He looked great, though. Um, and, you know, if he stays healthy all year and if they could get the running game going and, um, yeah, and, you know, they stay they stay healthy and that defense stays, you know, top half, I guess, stays average, they could win that division easily, you know, especially with – you know, the Eagles there and uh, and the Giants. The Giants just look bad. Saquon, you know, still not 100%, it seems like. Um, but then with the, the Washington football team, Ryan Fitzpatrick is out for a few weeks, has a hip injury. Tyler Heineke uh, is going to be the guy. I'll get into that in a little bit. But, um, yeah, you know, the Cowboys are slated to, to win that division. They have a very easy schedule. So, you know, that was my pick. It Depending on Dak, Dak looks great to me. So I'm picking the Cowboys to win the division. I just need to see one live-action regular season game from Dak Prescott. Um, you know, and they they were against the Super Bowl champs too. They had a chance to win this game. You know, Tom Brady looked great for touchdowns. He was airing it out. He was just forcing it in some places. Had two interceptions. Their running game didn't look good. Also, um, you know, Fournette he had a similar game to. Uh, as, uh, as Zeke did, you know, under 35 yards, 32 and 33, I think they ended up finishing with. But other than that, they looked great. Gronk looked rejuvenated, two touchdowns, you know, 90 yards. Uh, but, yeah, the you know, I expect the Bucks to be, you know, make another deep run this year, win that division. But um, as far as the Cowboys go, they, they looked good, um, you know, and they should have won that game. 
Uh, but yeah, back to the Redskins or not the Redskins. Uh, sorry, Washington football team. Um, you know, there's some familiarity with Ron Rivera and Cam Newton, who was recently released uh, by the the Patriots, and doesn't seem like Newton's gonna get picked up uh, by the Washington football team. I would have loved to have seen that because you know I think they have a good defense. They're set up for success. They just need a quarterback to stay healthy and just to get them over the hump. Um, but I think that's very telling that Ron Rivera is not going to go that route, probably maybe because of the vaccine issue and he wants his guys to be vaccinated. Also, just like Cam said on his YouTube channel that he's a big presence. So no one's going to want to feel, uh, want him in the locker room unless he's like the starting quarterback. You know, he said that Mac Jones would have felt pressure if, you know, he was his backup, if Cam Newton was his backup. So, uh, Washington football team going Tyler Heineke. You know they said he's ready for the moment, I guess. But I think they're. I think it's a bad move for them to not bring in Cam Newton. If it's the uh, the vaccine thing, then why don't you just Ron Rivera should just call Cam Newton and say, Hey man, I need you to get the vaccine. I'm recovering from cancer. You know I need you to get it because if I get it again, you know I can die. So he needs to he needs to tell him. You know just be straight up with him. Maybe he'll get it. Maybe not. You know, but it's worth a shot. Because uh, Washington, they barely lost 2016. And, you know, I think if Fitzpatrick doesn't get injured, they could probably pull off the upset against the Chargers. Uh, let's see what other wins were there. Uh, the Steelers beat the Bills in Buffalo 23-16. Bills didn't look good at all. Um, you know, there's probably a lot of added pressure to Josh Allen. I'm not going to overreact to this game, you know, because a lot of people are picking him to, you know, go to the Super Bowl, win MVP. I'm picking them to go to the Super Bowl. Um, he's my he's a sleeper for me to win the MVP. I think it's between him or Matthew Stafford, you know, cause I think people are kind of tired of the Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes storyline. Um, so Russell Wilson's also in there. I'm going to put money on Jameis Winston though, just because the odds, you know, I could win more money that way. Uh, but yeah, they, they struggled. They threw 51 times. They had 51 attempts and he only threw for 270 yards. Uh, Josh Allen, one touchdown, um, you know, but just one game. And as for the Steelers, they looked okay. They didn't look great either. So it was just kind of a sloppy game. That whole game was like they weren't scoring for a while. There was no offensive rhythm for both sides. Uh, Najee Harris struggled. You know, the the passing game struggled. Every, everyone struggled that game. So I think that's just a throwaway game for everyone. But you're seeing this around the league. You know, there's there's shorter preseason. You know, a lot of coaches are just pulling the starters during some of the preseason games. Um, you know, the offseason workouts are not doing a lot of uh, – uh, intense workouts or, or game plan and really they're kind of taking it light and then um, you know so the, basically the first few games of the regular season are essentially preseason games you know if you think about it so they're trying to still work out the kinks so some of these teams who should be better aren't looking so hot and some of them are you know looking better than they actually are which um, you know one of the games that was really good was the Browns and the Chiefs so I was kind of excited for this one because the Chiefs did beat them in the playoffs last year the Browns had a big lead, you know, going into halftime. Um, and then I think they were up by two scores. The Chiefs ended up coming back to win 33-29. And here's the problem with the with the Browns. This is what I said is that, you know, for the Browns to take that next step, we need to see them close games. You know, if they're up, you know, big on an opponent, especially like the Chiefs. If you're up big against the Chiefs, you need to just run the ball. You have two great run, you have two great running backs. You have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Just run the ball, you know, just run the clock out, get some first downs, and then just stop Patrick Mahomes. But no, they didn't 
they weren't able to do that. You know, Patrick Mahomes at one point just just launched the ball up and found Tyreek Hill randomly and had a big reception there. Uh, but yeah, that's what the Browns need to do. They need to be able to finish games, you know, especially against top tier opponents like this. Um, Odell Beckham was like a late scratch for the first game. Uh, he, I guess he he felt like he couldn't he couldn't go for that game, and so he was a late scratch. But then now they're already ruling him out for the second game, so I'm kind of worried about that because you know he, there was a bunch of workout videos. He looked fully healthy. But then he now he's already missing two games, and I drafted him in fantasy football. I don't want to talk about my fantasy football team, fantasy football team, because it fucking sucks already. But you know, I'll say a few things. If you remember, I drafted Odell Beckham, who's been out for two weeks now. Um, I drafted uh, Curtis Samuel, who's on the IR. Uh, Raheem Mozart, he just had season-ending surgery. Uh, Jerry Judy, he's also on the IR. And then those are my main injuries so far. But, again, there's only been one game played so far, so not a good start. Um, and then what else happened here? Oh, the Texans, they looked great against uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ended up winning 37-21 to Rod Taylor. He's a professional quarterback. He can get you some wins. He knows how to play the position. Um, Jacksonville, they're more rebuild mode right now. Urban Meyer, just, I don't know. I don't think he's going to last. Uh, apparently a lot of the players aren't really buying into his whole, uh, college style. Uh, Trevor Lawrence struggled a lot. I think he threw three interceptions, but you know, this is, you know, kind of a throwaway year for him. He just needs to get, you know, in game experience and, and figure it out. He'll figure it out. Cause I think he's going to be a great quarterback. Um, he was trying to make all kinds of throws, kind of make plays happen out of nothing. Um, you know, they're they're probably a few more years behind than we thought, I guess. But you know, keep in mind that that team won one game last season. They started off one and zero, and then lost fifteen straight games. So, you know, losing is nothing new in Jacksonville. Um, yeah, I just I thought that they would beat the Texans. I thought the Texans were just giving up, but they have a they have a professional quarterback who can who can manage a team, and he can get you some wins. Um, you know who looked really bad? Uh, a couple teams looked really bad. The Titans looked horrible against the Cardinals. I don't want to overreact on that game, you know, mainly because of the the no preseason thing. But, you know, Cardinals put up 38 on the Titans, you know, and this whole time I've been talking about the Titans. You know, they're, they're my dark horse or a sleeper uh, to go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. But their defense needs to step up, and, you know, they need to improve. Man, 38 points? Come on. And then, you know, one of your bright spots is the offense. And the offense, you could only muster 13 points. Ryan Tannehill struggled, you know, only had 212 yards. Derrick Henry had under 60 yards rushing. Uh, Julio Jones, not a good start to his uh, Titans debut. 29 yards, uh, A.J. Brown. for Like, no one had over over 65 yards receiving. They just, they look like they were in a funk. They look like they weren't ready to play. Uh, Cardinals look great, though. You know, DeAndre Hopkins still doing DeAndre Hopkins things. Kyler Murray looks like he's taking that next step that we've been talking about. He looks a lot better. Um, other games, uh, Eagles looked really good. 32-6, to beat the, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Jalen Hurts. 
looked great. I could be wrong about Jalen Hurts. You know, I said I didn't. Th- I didn't feel like he was the guy yet. I feel like there needed to be more competition, but they just handed it to him quickly. Um, but he looked good. You know, he, he might prove me wrong. Had 62 yards uh, rushing, 264 yards passing, and three touchdowns. No interceptions. Um, had he was only sacked one time. You know, and. You know, he, him and uh, Miles Sanders were, you know, the bulk of uh, the running game there. But, man, he looks great, and it feels like the team is fully behind him 100%. Um, but, you know, the Falcons, they're a lot worse than I thought. Their defense is still horrible. But their offense, man, you're telling me that Matt Ryan can't get 200 yards passing? Like, come on, no touchdown, nothing. He just looked terrible. And their leading rusher. Was Cordell Patterson? I didn't even know he was, he was still in the league. But apparently now he's a running back. He had 54 yards uh, rushing, more than Mike Davis and um, Kyle Pitts. Uh, doesn't look like the generational tight end talent that everyone said he would be. You know, it is one game. You know, he did have eight targets. You know, only had four receptions for 31 yards. But you know, as long as they're they're still trying to get him involved and stuff. Um, you know, a lot of these. These are just, it's just the first game, I guess. I don't want to overreact, but um, not a good start for some of these teams. Bengals look good. They're taking that next step. Uh, Joe Burrow looked good. Uh, Jamar Chase as well. Um, they ended up beating the Vikings in overtime, 27-24. Vikings, you know, they, they should have won that game, um, you know, by a lot, actually. You know, they're supposed to be better than the Bengals. They have better better players and stuff like that and i don't know they just they're, they're just a weird team i feel like they should be better but uh cousins look good you know over 350 two touchdowns and uh both of those touchdowns went to adam thielen uh justin jefferson you know he was there he didn't he didn't have any touchdowns but um him and thielen that's a good duo right there um delvin cook kind of struggled to get the running game going so maybe the Bengals will be better this year but uh vikings are vikings are kind of kind of a weird game there uh, many other notable games, uh, 2-1 Mac Jones playing against each other. Kind of a boring game, 17-16, Miami won. Uh, 2-1 looked okay. You know, he looked all right. You know, both of these guys, you know, they had like 200 yards, low 200s passing. Um, I don't know. I didn't really get much from that game at all. It was just kind of boring. And then uh, talked about the Monday Night Football game already. But, yeah, a pretty good uh, first week. As far as, uh, you know, NFL season goes, um, some good games there. Um, and then on to college football. So Ohio State and Oregon, that was a big matchup between Big Ten and Pac-12. Um, Oregon won 35-28. Big win for the Pac-12 in the Oregon football program. Um, you know, because Ohio State was ranked third. So now I think Oregon jumped up to number four. And now what? What needs to happen for Oregon to get to the playoff? They need, they need to win out, obviously, but they need another team in the Pac-12 South, like either Utah, maybe USC. I'll get into USC in a bit. Uh, maybe if they are like a one or two loss team, you know, ranked in like the high teens or tenth or something like that, and then Oregon beats them in the championship. Um, but then they also need Ohio State to pretty much win out or finish like ranked top ten. Because Ohio State, they haven't looked good. They don't look really good. They're not the same Ohio State team of last year with Justin Fields. Um, so, you know, Ohio State might not be, you know, at the top of the Big Ten at the end of the season. 
But if they are, and Oregon's still on top, then Oregon has a chance to represent the Pac-12 in the in the college football playoff. But the problem is with that, Utah has already lost. USC got blown out by Stanford. Stanford was supposed to have a decent year, I guess, but they lost the first game and then come back and beat USC. Um, Washington had a bad loss. We talked about that one. Um, U- US, not USC, uh, UCLA is undefeated. So if UCLA you know, remains like a marquee matchup for Oregon, then that could be something. But the Pac-12 is pretty much beating up on each other, and there's no really like top-heavy teams there that are, are highly ranked. Um, you know, and after the loss between Stanford and uh, USC, USC finally fired Clay Helton. I was surprised that he held on to that job for so long. You know, there was rumors about Urban Meyer, but then they said that they didn't want to hire Urban. They're having a different culture there and all this stuff. But now they're presented with another opportunity. This is a chance to make a home run hire. I think USC needs to hire someone with a big name because you need you need to have some have some flair there. If you're at USC, you're in LA, you're the marquee team in, in Los Angeles, you know, as far as college football goes, you can't let UCLA with Chip Kelly be the one that people are talking about in town. So you need to make a run. If it needs to be Urban Meyer, can't stand Urban Meyer, and they've already said no, you know, Urban Meyer is not going to last in Jacksonville. We know that. He wants, he wanted another high profile college job, but didn't get it. And, you know, Jacksonville reached out like, hey, you know, we have Trevor Lawrence. He's a great college quarterback. Maybe you can, maybe you can just build this um, this program here, this this franchise, and build it how you want it. Um, you know, I think he's been contacted. No one has has confirmed anything. But if I'm USC, that's the first call I'm making. You know, they haven't they didn't hire a search firm apparently, so that means they already have a short list of candidates that they want. Uh, PJ Fleck has been a name thrown around there. Um, Luke Fickle has been thrown around there. Uh, I heard Eric Bieniemy, who's from USC. He has shown some interest, apparently, who's the offensive coordinator for Kansas City. I kind of like that. Um, I kind of like that choice there. Um, who else was... I think uh, James Franklin, who's at Penn State, right? Penn State. Uh, he was also rumored to be interested as well. Um I think they're going to take their time with this, though. I think probably I, maybe at the end of the season or, or right away. I'm not sure what their timeline is, but um, I expect it to take a few months because, you know, they really need to weigh their options. And if it is at the end of the year, you know, if they play this out with their interim coach and then, you know, they just wait for Urban Meyer to fail and then they just call him in for a meeting and say, hey, Urban, you gave NFL a chance for a year. You failed miserably. How about you come back to college? You're in LA. You know, we can get all the top recruits. You know, we just need a, a, a marquee coach, a top quality coach to to bring these recruits in, keep them in LA. Because all these, you know, five-star quarterbacks from LA, receivers and stuff, they're all going to Alabama. They're going to Georgia. They're going to Clemson. They're going to other places that are not USC. Like, keep them in the Pac-12 at least. Keep them in California. But they're all going to the SEC. They're going to the Big Ten. You know, in some cases, the Big 12. Um, USC has been losing recruits for a while now. Clay Helton was never the guy. You know, he was there because of Steve Sarkeesian and his drinking problem, and then they let go of Steve. And then you're like, oh, Clay, all right, you did okay. Like, let's just keep you. But they're just so inconsistent, and it's disappointing because they were the dynasty before Alabama. 
You know, the Matt Leiner, the Carson Palmers, the even the Matt Barkley's. They won some games with Matt Barkley's, but the Pete Carroll's and, you know, when they had Lane Kiffin as the offensive coordinator, Reggie Bush, they had Steve Smith, they had Dwayne Jarrett, they had these great linebackers, Keith Rivers, Raymond Luga. You know, they had Taylor Mays back there, uh, Lendell White. Uh, who else did they have there? They they've had great players. They had Joe McKnight. They had... You know, their running game was always good. They had good receivers. They had a, a history of having great linebackers wear the number 55 jersey. USC is like, it's a brand, you know, and it's one of the strongest brands, if not the strongest brand in, in Pac-12 college football. Um, you know, Oregon is there now as of late because, you know, Marcus Mariota, you know, um, going to the championship, you know, those uniforms really put them in the spotlight. The duck, everyone loves the fucking duck for some reason. Uh, I think the Beaver's better, but... Um, yeah, that's another, that's a national brand. They have Nike there, Phil Knight's there, you know, they have, they're in the spotlight a lot, but USC used to be like that and USC can be there again. They just need to find the right guy. They need to build that program the right way. How they used to do it. They need to, you know, just be Hollywood. You're right there. Just do it. You know, you need to get the stars, um, because all these other conferences, SEC, Alabama, you know, you have the Big 12 with Oklahoma in Texas, or you had them. And then, you know, Big 10, you have Ohio State. The cream of the crop teams and the universities of these conferences, they're at an all-time high. They're winning games. They're going to the championships. They're they're in a national spotlight. They're getting all the recruits. Clemson, they're getting all the recruits. They're, they're winning Heisman trophies. And in the Pac-12, like, they're just not doing that, you know, Sometimes there's an off year when Oregon's up there highly ranked, but then they, but then they go to like a, a neutral field and they'll lose to an Auburn, they'll lose to you know whoever they play, and then everyone's like, okay, you know, Pac-12, like ah, you guys are the joke, you know, you're not you're not serious, you're not gonna make it to the championship, and that's why this win for um for Oregon beating Ohio State was such a great win for the Pac-12 because it's like, hey, we finally. We're going to get our respect here. If we win out and go to the championship, like we just need a big win like that to get the respect of everyone else and mainly the recruits because the recruits need to be able to see the Pac-12 schools you know, be competitive against these top-quality opponents. And then they'll be like, oh, I want to go there. Look at how cool their uniforms are. Look, they're in Oregon. Look, they're in L.A. They're, in, they're at USC. You know, They have Will Ferrell on the sidelines. Denzel Washington's there. Like, they're going to be attracted to that. And then especially with these NIL deals, USC should be trying to find a bunch of ways to get to get the Hollywood elites involved in these NIL deals for these for these uh, student athletes, you know, to get recruits in, you know, because it's it's better than what if you're living in Tuscaloosa or wherever the hell Clemson is, or I mean even Columbus. I'd rather be going to USC living in LA, but I don't know what these what these new recruits would want. You know, they've been seeing Alabama on top since. I don't know, 2010, 2011, when they, was, was that when they beat Texas or 2009? I think they beat Texas in the BCS championship. Um, you know, they end up at Georgia, you know, they go to other schools and um, there's an opportunity here for, for USC to really get the program to how it was before. You know, there's no reason why we shouldn't have the Pac-12 championship between Oregon and USC, both ranked top 10, top five. Uh, in the championship, and then, you know, winner goes to the college football playoff. Because, you know, you have them in the SEC, or I guess some years you do, some t some years you don't, but you'll have, you know, Alabama playing whoever in the SEC East, you know, as a champion. And, they're you know, it's a highly ranked one. Like, you know, if you have Florida and Alabama those years, and then recently LSU and Alabama, 
you know, those games matter. And then with Georgia, um, and even in the Big Ten too, you know, when they when they do that. Um, but you know, Pac-12 needs to be able to build that program. They need to promote their fucking their conference and their and their schools better um, because you know they're negotiating the TV deal. And with that TV deal, there'll be more money if if they're able to get their programs in check. You know, when Stanford should be ranked top, you know, higher, they need to get their stuff, um, you know, under control. David Shaw, you know, coach of Stanford, his name has been floated around. I don't know if he would leave Stanford, though, you know, because he's, I mean, he's kind of goaded there. Like, he's not going to get fired unless, unless he goes winless for, like, five years in a row or something. But, um yeah, that's a that's something to keep an eye on. Um, I'm excited to see who they hire, honestly, because I want to see USC back um, in prominence. You know, back as a, like a national powerhouse in college football. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's it for this episode. Uh, we'll be back next week to do kind of a week two recap and any other storylines. I know I missed some stuff, so I'll have to I'll write some stuff down throughout the week and um, you know keep track of what I'm going to talk about. Because sometimes it's just in my head and then I forget and. Um, Yeah, so we'll go from there. Thanks for listening.